you know, if it's sort of something that's been in your bucket list or mm-hmm. something that even on some level you kind of wish you could do, but you felt held back, mm-hmm. or even if you do sing, but you feel like you're not really in it or expressing yourself, mm-hmm. just to step in and try it because, you know, singing singing can be scary, but singing also has in it what it takes to not be scared. I'm Liz Sumner, and this is I Always Wanted To, the podcast where I interview people who are doing things that others long to do. What have you always wanted to try? Hi, everyone. This episode is a compilation of my favorite excerpts from my most popular podcasts, the series on learning to sing. In putting this together, I see the same things expressed by each of my guests. Singing is joyful and expresses who we are. That vulnerability can be frightening and easily trampled. But there are excellent teachers available to help us get over our fears and rediscover the joy. In part one, Nancy Salwin talks about her debilitating stage fright and how that led her to create the Fear of Singing Breakthrough Program. In part two, Judy Fine talks more about overcoming performance anxiety and giving yourself permission to be where you are, not to be perfect instantly. She also makes a great case for singers learning music theory, both for the musical reasons and also for the additional confidence it gives us when working with other musicians. Then we finish with a mini jazz masterclass from Isabella Celentano on improvising on the blues using the pentatonic scale. I thought this was magical when I took a class with her a couple of summers ago. She explains that there are five notes that fit in each of the three chords in a 12-bar blues. You can sing any of them and they'll be in tune. This is part of that singer's learning music theory. When you know these five notes, you can improvise on any blues in any key. Magic. Lastly, I feel I must mention that these episodes are from early in the podcast, and I've learned a lot about recording since then. I apologize for the funkiness of the sound. The original episodes were released May 21st, 2018, January 28th, 2019, and November 18th, 2019. If you like the content in this compilation, I hope you'll listen to the originals to learn more about my wonderful guests. Their bios are in the show notes. Here are the interview excerpts. First up, Nancy Salwin. So anyway, I was very immersed in in this world of singing, but I had an experience where where I, which really blindsided me where I was I was in England actually at a folk festival and I took a mic and I was going to sing a song and just I didn't really think much about it and I got up there and I had such stage fright that my voice started shaking I couldn't sing on pitch I couldn't remember the words it was just a very sort of surprising and it was an experience that really changed how I felt about, about singing and not in that I stopped singing, but that I really uh, drew a line for myself that I would not ever perform. And so, but you, you had been performing before or just with, just always 
as part of a community. Oh, oh okay. And so this was an early solo performance, is that? Yeah, I just kind of got up there and said, okay, I'll sing a song and then wham. Wow. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So, so that kind of, I think that happened. There may have been other little things that happened where I expected myself to feel comfortable and didn't. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really drew a line for myself. I, mm -hmm. I sing for fun. I sing with one or two other people. If we are singing in harmony or whatever, mm -hmm. I'll sing um, in a big group, but even leading a song, I think really sort of brought out that feeling of fear. And so I just stayed away from it. But when I had my daughter at about 35, my first kid, I just remember turning to my husband one day and saying, you know, everything's great, except I'm not singing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even sing. I mean, if I sang in the car with him, it was kind of subdued. You know, there were, there were certain friends I would sing with and I would go to singing camps sometimes. But, but it, wow. it wasn't It really got you. It did. And I don't know if it was just that one event, but, but that idea just that, this is what it is. It's like a, a thing you do on your own, but you can't, you can't. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up finding, I mean, there's this whole little progression. I found uh -huh. people in the neighborhood to say, I asked a friend of mine who's a musician, do you know anybody who gets together and sings? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So it turned out there were some people who were just getting together every week in their living rooms and sort of rotating from house to house. And that was really fun. And it was, it kind of brought that back. And then I joined a, a women's chorus that I was part of for seven years. And in like year six or five or six or something, I finally decided to, to go ahead and sing a solo, mm -hmm. um, which turned out not to be a solo, but a duet. So mm -hmm. I auditioned and I got it and, and we did this duet and had the chorus backing us up. And it was a real trip. It was so much fun, but scary, but like a rush and mm -hmm. awesome because I myself was so consciously dealing with my fear of mm -hmm. singing in public and my fear fears around singing and really aware of how I was affected by my fear and how it affected me both physically and mentally. And that, that seemed like an obvious thing to, t to deal with head on directly mm -hmm. rather than to kind of, just try to teach singing and somehow bypass the whole. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and it also became really, really interesting to me and, um, and something to, to deal with in these workshops and to invite people who are afraid to come to the workshops mm -hmm. by calling them fear of singing breakthrough workshops. And so after the first workshop, I was just like, Oh, well, this is like, this is my thing. Like I've, I've figured this out. This is my thing. In the full episode, Nancy explains more about her process to overcome her fear and become a singing teacher. Here, she tells about her program and then gives examples of some of the ways we get shut down and stop singing when we're young. It's interesting. I'm, a lot of people who come to me have experienced and had a negative experience around singing. Not everybody, but at least I'd say half, you know, if I was going to. And the negative experience could be something as as what's a seemingly tiny thing. We were all singing in the car and I was having a really good time and my cousin looked at me funny, mm. <laughs> you know, like, or a very common one around, this is my mother's actually. Um, my fourth grade chorus teacher told me, just mouth the words. Oh, ouch. Super common, yeah. Oh, oh that's, oh, oh, I hope that person isn't a music teacher anymore. <laughs> 
I know. <laughs> like, really? Really? Yeah. Sometimes they're just almost minute. Like, like um, one woman I work with said that somebody turned, she always thought she could sing her grand, she grew up in, in uh, Russia and her uh-huh. grandparents were, her grandmothers were always like, sing, sing, you know, you sing mm-hmm. so beautifully. And then she moved here and she was singing and somebody turned to her and said, and that was, she says, she just, wow. she loved singing and she just stopped, you know? And so the, the take home or takeaway from that is we're so sensitive and so yeah. vulnerable when it comes to singing. It, it feels so good. It feels, it's such a release. It's so much us, you know, it's such mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's such a revealing thing to do. It's such a, it connects us with other people and it connects our inside to our outside, you know, what's going on inside express, expressing ourselves. Yeah. And so when, when something comes and I don't know, uh, criticizes you, uh, hurts you when yeah. something, when you experience a, a feeling of being shot down in any way, even if it's a tiny thing, you're just so sensitive about it that, that it's kind of devastating. Yeah. And um, so a lot of people come to me after having had some kind of experience, usually in the early, early life that has stopped them from singing. And a lot of the people who come to me are older. Mm-hmm. And so they've had this long stretch of lifetime where everybody else is singing around the campfire or um, mm-hmm. singing in church or whatever. And, you know, oming during yoga class, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And they're kind of, mm. you know, tucking it in and keeping it in and feeling like they can't be part of it or participate. And, and so all the time, everybody else has been kind of practicing without thinking of it as practicing, but they have been, they've been yeah. comparing and contrasting what they're hearing to what's coming out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. They haven't really had a chance to do that. And so they're coming, it's, it's almost like they're needing to return to a place of childhood and, and freedom and, and, being nurtured into to feeling like they're not going to get judged and they mm-hmm. can be free to start to explore their own voice and the, the, the sensations that, that come around singing that tell you whether you're on pitch or mm. you're not on pitch. And so, so I would say the people who come to me often um, are, are at a place in their life where they're, they're ready to take a chance mm-hmm. and re, redefine themselves in some way and mm-hmm. say, you know, I know that, my whole family laughed at me or whatever and said I was the non-singer, but I, I'm ready to challenge that idea. Next up is singing and confidence coach Judy Fine. Judy was also my guest on Being a Songwriter in May of 2020. Check it out in the back catalog. And Judy has some great online resources for singers at onlinewithjudyfine.com. I think of you as focusing on bringing out the star quality of people. Is that absolutely? Tell, yeah, I would say that. Just that. bringing out what the real uh, musician and artist is in you, and trying to bring that out, whether you're a little kid or you're an adult. And a lot of that is just—you can't choreograph it so much. You have to sort of find your way of connecting with the song, and then put it out there. And so, a lot of new new performers are are kind of shy and they act out a lot of things and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So my, my overall advice for performers is to imagine that they're telling, they're speaking the story to someone. So for example, I just said speaking mm-hmm. and that was just a natural thing, but I didn't say speaking or, <laughs> or just imagine that you're speaking. <laughs> you have to be natural mm-hmm. and not overdone. And the most important aspect is that you connect with it. So it's on your face. 
and the things you do just happen naturally. So you want it to be as, in pop music especially, you want it to be as speech-like as possible, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between singing and performing? Anybody can sing and not be connected, like you could be making words come out of your mouth, but not be connecting with them and not be convincing that you mean any of it. Mm -hmm. One thing I tell some of my students to do is to record themselves on their phone, video record themselves, and then watch it back without the volume. And then tell me if you can tell the mood of the song, the, you know, the rhythmic feel of the song, something like that. Because if you're not portraying that with your body, then you're not really connecting with it, not the words and not the music. That's, that, I can imagine that being really, really useful. Um, Absolutely. I, I used to go to, to open mics and I would sit there and I'd say, people open your eyes, you know, yeah. look at the audience. Super common. Oh. That's fear. That's yeah. fear. You're just trying to put a wall between you and your audience. That's mm -hmm. why some people wear sunglasses too. Uh, um, and I have told students because that's a huge fear, right? So performance anxiety is the very core, like our self-worth is tied up and not only getting up and performing for someone, but in our voices, mm -hmm, so much mm -hmm. of your self-worth is just tied up in the quality of your voice. Some people can't listen to themselves, you know, recorded on their uh, voicemail or whatever. They just can't stand their voice mm -hmm. because there's so much self-worth tied up in it. So, so you want to, some of us just have this instinct to separate the audience from us. I have had students who, are, who had a lot of performance anxiety that I said, okay, I, I encourage a lot of my students to go to karaoke, if not all of my students, mm -hmm. to go to karaoke. It's an awesome way to, to practice performing. You bring your friends, they're usually drinking, <laughs> so they're not really getting all the details. You can even have them come up and do the first song with you. Mm -hmm. So there's a group thing and you get kind of comfortable on stage. But I've even said, you know what? The first time you go, wear sunglasses if you wanna wear sunglasses. Like, do baby steps if you need to. Who cares? You know, there's no rules. Just, just get yourself there. But yeah, you want to open your eyes, sure. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until I was on the verge of 30 and I sort of started my life over, you could say, or started my life, um, that I really got back to music the way I wanted to do it. And that was, you know, I formed bands and I made a CD and, and I worked jobs that just helped me pay my bills that were just enough to pay my bills so I could do what I wanted musically. So I hadn't, I hadn't given myself permission to just embrace the joy that music brought me. Mm. I was very like people, these people think I should teach in a, in a university setting and that's really respectable. So I think I'll get a master's degree. For years I wrote my, you know, my student loan check. I was like, why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. I just, I, I love the fact that you're talking about permission because that, that, that's what I've been working with clients on recently. Just Absolutely. giving yourself permission. That, that's, that's key. It's so, it's extra key with singing because um, you're getting to the part that I'm really passionate about. So I might get kind of excited here, but there is something about singing that people do that they don't do in any other field. There's this, it's two things. There's this sense that you're supposed to be born, you know, amazing already. Otherwise you shouldn't bother doing it, which is a ridiculous concept that we don't apply to any other field, right? Nobody goes to school and says, well, I'm not good at math. So my mom says I shouldn't bother taking math class. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's a ridiculous concept. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is like, there's in the same vein, there's like this worthiness concept. Like you have to somehow be worthy of spending money or time or whatever on singing 
And it's not just enough that you enjoy it and you want to pursue a passion. And, and the things that you get from, I'm giving myself goosebumps. Me too. The things that you get from, an, from pursuing a passion are so important. It's like eating your vegetables and getting your exercise. It makes you healthier. It makes you happier. I couldn't agree more. <sighs> I'm trying to rein myself in. <laughs> no, please don't, because this is the same, the same thing that I get very excited about. So, so please, please go for it. <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, I, I suppose we all try to offer what we didn't get when we were kids, right? So I, I didn't have someone saying, you know, like sort of reaching in and finding me and then pulling that out and saying, do this, you can do this. I had people like, you should, you know, don't upset other people. And yeah, and, it, and it's okay to do it even when you make a, a couple of wrong notes or, or make totally. a mistake or you're not perfect totally. right out of the box. Totally. I very recently just made this rant video on my YouTube channel about, and I don't really do rant videos, but um, a parent pulled her, her daughter out, was like, stop doing lessons after three lessons because she felt like she wasn't seeing progress. Three lessons. This is what I, this was my face on the video. Three lessons. Her daughter loved singing. She oh. couldn't wait to, you know what I mean? So it just breaks my heart that, that there's this like worthiness thing. You have to prove yourself. No, you, you don't have to, you know, don't spend your mortgage money. Don't spend yeah. your mortgage payments, but budget in singing lessons. Like, yeah. We're all going to be dead one day. Yeah. Like, what are you saving that, you know, what are you holding back for? Mm. That is like my primary, that's like who I am. Yep like live your life. And, and it's important to do it in a way that doesn't hurt other aspects of your life, like financially, mm -hmm. but you don't need to prove your worthiness mm -hmm. to pursue things that make you feel good. <sighs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Tell me more about why singers need to learn music theory. There are lots of reasons. I mean, there are very specific, you know, reasons specific to music, like you want to be able to figure out how to harmonize. Mm -hmm. You need to understand what the chord is and be able to find it. A lot of people, um, you know, if some the melody singing this note, they try to find a third above it and then just mirror the melody. You can start out okay with that, but at some point you're going to be singing a note that's not in the chord and you need to understand that and how to mm -hmm. figure that out. Your timing will be better, um, your which will make your entrances better, um, all kinds of things. You'll just be, you'll get better at nailing pitches if you're doing things with music theory and sort of hearing how it goes and understanding scales and things like that. And then in a more just sort of lifestyle kind of way, this is especially true for women. So a lot of lead singers and bands are females and all the instrumentalists are male. That's not always the case, but it's very often. And as females, we already have this sort of, um, you know, we might not know it, but we're already conditioned to kind of feel less than. Mm. And then you go into a situation where all these musicians who are speaking music and you don't know how to speak it, then you're, you feel even less like a peer. Mm -hmm. When I first opened the Singers and Musicians Studio in New Hampshire, mm -hmm. I wanted to call it the Musician Studio. Mm -hmm. And I sort of, I, I, you know, shared that idea with a bunch of friends to see what they thought. And every single one of them, it was like five or six people, every single one of them said, but I thought you also teach singing. Because people don't see singers as musicians. Yeah. And I think yeah. singers should break that norm. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I think you're right that, that learning, learning theory is, uh, is a good way to, to make you part of the group. Empower you. Yeah. It empowers it really does. you. And you don't have to go crazy with it. You just need to understand a little bit. My final guest is Isabella Celentano, who's speaking here in her second language, explaining how the pentatonic scale works. 
Even if you're unfamiliar with music theory, listen to her tell about the fundamentals of improvising on the blues with notes and rhythm. For example, let's try with the blues. Mm -hmm. Blues are 12 bars, and you can take the same scale for all the 12 bars. And after the first chorus, there is again one chorus, 12 bars. And uh, you can begin with a minor uh, pentatonic. That means uh, uh, minors, blue scales, blue scale without the augmented fourth. And so I have uh, five notes, pentatonic mm -hmm. five notes mm -hmm. in the same. The, the chords are changing mm -hmm. and you can sing the same note on every chord you're playing. If you want, I can do something on the piano. That would be great. For example, if you want, okay. For example, I have, uh, okay. We have, we have some chords with the seventh, with the minor seventh, mm -hmm. and the third seventh, even if there are chords which are major chords. Mm -hmm. You know, a major chord as a, a major third, but we have uh, in the scale a minor third to okay. sing. And this is the minor blue scale. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't have, you just have five notes. Mm -hmm. You can improvise on these five notes. Mm -hmm. And so you have to exercise your ear mm -hmm. and your voice to call uh, a note even if you think it's not it's not right because mm -hmm. it's very how do you say um not harmonic you know mm -hmm. dissonante how do you okay. say dissonant dissonant yeah okay dissonante we have i play on mm -hmm. the piano the the major third okay okay mm -hmm. And uh, but on on the uh, the scale is with the oh okay oh okay oh cool okay uh -huh. Uh -huh. this is one of the the other one is the tonica tonica is okay mm -hmm. the, this one and I have to play this sing this because it's okay. Even if it sounds a little bit strange, it's okay. You know? But it sounds very cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this one, it's the fifth. Fifth is okay. Mm, I prefer singing here. And then the seventh, minor seventh, minor seventh. Okay. It's, I play it and then it's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But when I play another chord of of the blues, mm -hmm. the, the fourth, mm -hmm. I always have to sing the, uh, the same notes, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. For example, the seventh. Mm -hmm. This one. Mm -hmm. I play this one. Mm, do, do. That sounds stranger. 
Then the, the, that that that. Okay. Okay. I hear it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I play the other chord, it's sol uh, sol settimo, uh, G seven. strange to somebody who has not who does not know the, the blues but mm -hmm. you have everybody i said to everybody you have to listen to blues you have to listen to the big bands you have to listen to this old music otherwise you cannot be a good jazz singer the difference between a good pop singer a good contemporary singer and a good uh, jazz singer is that the good jazz singer has to have the blues hmm? has to have the blues it means yeah uh, has to have a color in the voice and I, i'm always speaking about this flood of of sentiment or things mm -hmm. that has to come out you know uh, there must be something spiritual inside you know yes yes even if you even you if you don't believe in god but there has to be something you you want to to say mm -hmm, mm -hmm, to somebody mm -hmm, else mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes that's what i mean yep and then you you have to have the swing you know you have to have the swing and swing means dynamic forte piano mm -hmm. not always the same mm -hmm. and you have to have swing it means triplets you know uh -huh. not do da do da do da but do da do da do da do da that's the difference between somebody who sings very good pop or sings very good contemporary music and sings all notes which are written and somebody who sings jazz and improvise and puts maybe very very small improvisation but something that makes this song not the same as the song that you sing or the song or even if it's the same song mm -hmm. and today i sing it like this and tomorrow i sing it in another way mm -hmm. and so if we turn back to the pentatonic you can sing every song of these five songs with the chord i play c7 and they play Three, four, five, seven, five, four, 
Improvise rhythmical rhythmical mm -hmm. improvisation for jazz is very important. Uh, okay, this is what I say, no? mm -hmm. but it's much more important than melodic improvisation because with three notes you can do very good improvisation. With three notes, uh, just listen to as I said, Lester Young or or Sachmo. Or even Chet Baker. Hmm? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so you don't have to do a lot. But if you put a track, uh, there are some Ebersol tracks with with the blues in all scales, and you just have to uh, to you sing improvisation on the first one, no? Just do this is the number one. Okay. Um, one, 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 I make it simple, okay? And and then you do three, third, minor third. Do, how's that? Do, 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 do. small of his blues now and then the fourth Just begin with do. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You can say swap, did up, zwiebi do, why, and everything. But just begin with do. Do is always good. And you can say afterwards do 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 ba 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 do da do do da. And prefer do on beat and ba on uh, off beat. Do ba do ba. Do 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 ba do ba do ba do da. Mm? Okay. Then you go ahead. Number five and number seven. Mm -hmm. 
is number seven, seven, seven. Lots of pause. Do you say pause? Pause. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Pause. Pause. Do. Okay. Do da. Pop. Do do da. Okay. And even make improvisation without melody, so you can get ideas. Rhythmical ideas. So you have in your head, you have a melody. But you try to make dynamic, do da do da do, not do da do da do da, but do da do da do da. And then you, if you try to separate rhythmical from melodic, you have a good exercise to esercitare to exercise. You have, you can well exercise your ear. Mm -hmm. And your creativity, because the rhythmical, it's creativity, you know, do, 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 and then you can put it on two notes and then you can put it on three notes and then you can put it on four notes and then you can put it on five notes hmm? and this is with the uh, pentatonic and then you can do this one augmented fourth and so you can do, 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 my thanks to Nancy Salwin, Judy Fine, and Isabella Celentano. You can find out how to reach them in the show notes. I invite everyone to write and tell me what you've always wanted to try. If you got value from this podcast, please tell your friends, share it on social media, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. I'm grateful to all of you who support the show at patreon.com slash alwayswanted. 
I'm Liz Sumner, reminding you to be bold, and thanks for listening.